there's a great feeling in these overcoming these difficult things because life is never this just constant state of I'm at a nine all day and when I'm with my wife I hit 10 yay and I stay like that that's not real what's real is like you saying that you went to this monastery and felt all this this angst about meditating and being alone and not having your phone and not having the input but then when it comes out of it then you have this reward so you you push through this and you had these uncomfortable feelings and you came out of those uncomfortable feelings with this newfound appreciation for time and this newfound this respect for your own existence in your own space and carving out three hours for yourself a day. That's where it all comes from. It all comes from life lessons and the lessons are learned through struggle. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that think somehow or another you're going to get to some place where you're living in silk sheets and you're getting your toes done while someone's dropping grapes into your mouth. I don't want that. I've never wanted that. You, that guy's not going to be happy. He's going to be bored. An hour into the grapes, you're going to get those fucking grapes away from me. Stop painting my toes. What am I doing in this bed? I got to do something. I'm not stimulated. The human organism, the animal that we are, needs constant stimulation. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Welcome to Wonder Soul episode 11. I'm your host, Bearded Buddha. On today's episode, I would love to sit down and talk to you and discuss the subject, the concept of happiness. What makes you happy? What makes me happy? What makes everyone happy? Um, Just the general overall bag of happiness i have um spent some time researching the idea uh looking into well what would make me happy what's supposed to make me happy i think that is a question that many people ask themselves especially in times of struggle times of sadness and um it is unfortunate that sometimes that's the only trigger for us to contemplate and question if what we are doing is making us happy and that if we are truly happy now happiness can be defined as the state of being happy well what is happy Well, happy is showing pleasure and contentment um, in all things that you do. So when people ask you, how how are you doing? Most of the time you get, oh, oh, things are fine. Things are good. You know, how's work? Oh, it's good. It's good. It's going. Oh, how's the kids? Oh, you know, you know, that that general scripted response, right? Nobody really asks, hey, are you happy? You know, or any other questions that would pertain to one's happiness. Um, 
I have uh, researched and done some other things over the years. And obviously from what I was taught and what I've been told through uh, growing up and um, especially recently in the past couple of years, I have searched for those answers uh, from many different places, uh, different religions, different uh, philosophical beliefs and, um, you know, just different thinkers and what their thoughts on uh, what is the purpose of life and what 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 will make you happy. Um, and for the most part, especially I think all of us can relate to that there are these generalized handful of things that are supposed to make every person happy. Um, you can connect that to success. You can connect that to many other things, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that there are these certain goals, um, things that you should pursue and achieve that will bring you happiness. And I think the concept of happiness is um, misunderstood. I think especially now in today's society, especially here in uh, America, you know, we avoid pain. We avoid being bored. We're constantly doing something. We avoid um, sadness and showing any negative emotions. We um, do and take in so many different substance, uh, substances, my bad, that are supposed to either numb any kind of pain, that are supposed to distract us from any true unhappiness that we have in our lives. Um, we bottle things up. We um, have this sense of social pressure online and offline to show the world and everyone that we know that, hey, I am doing fine. I am happy. Man, I am loving life. I think happiness is something that is really hard to, it's easy to fake, but it's easy to see through as well. Whether that's a picture, whether that's a... Um, conversation you're having with someone, whether that's like body language that you can pick up on. I think if you're truly happy, it's, you can tell not just you, but other people around you. I think when you're faking it, that's easy to, um, uncover. And then it leads us down a road of distrust and, uh, fakeness. And, um, once you go down that road, that's a, that's a tough, long road to get off of and turn around. Um, so there are a lot of things out there that we have been told in our upbringing and even told today, if you're listening to this and you're an adult or something, um, that here are here's the grocery list of things that are supposed to make you happy. Now go out and get them. But yet... In today's world, there's a lot of people that I would say are unhappy or truly unhappy. I'm not saying that they're a complete wreck, okay? Uh, there's different uh, mental illnesses, things that people can't control, you know, things that enter our lives um, 
that we have no control over and thus disrupt any kind of flow of happiness that we might have. Uh, those things are understandable. And I think if you really do ask a lot of people, I think a good majority, uh, at least a little over half, would say to you that, yeah, honestly, I'm pleased and happy and content with my life and what I do. Um, I read a bunch of articles last night and did some research um, last night just to kind of get more specific on the topic of, of happiness. And through some of the studies that at least were done here in the United States, um, it came down to, well, obviously, if your financial situation is in good care, then that makes you, you know, happier. Not really the fact that money brings happiness, but money brings relief. It, it is um, a better day come the end of the month if you have money to spend or money to save other than scrambling around to pay your bills or stressing out about not having enough to do the things that you truly want to do. So the lack of money brings restriction, therefore can bring uh, you into a state of being unhappy. But it's not like the root uh, that's going to bring you pure joy and happiness. If anything, it does for a short amount of time. But, you know, money equals freedom to do the things that you want to do for the most part. Um, you know, politics, you know, there's people that align on one side or to the other. And no matter who's in office or the majority or whatever is going on, those that uh, align with whoever is in office and stuff tend to be more happy, obviously. It's almost like if your team didn't win the Super Bowl uh, but made it to the Super Bowl, obviously you're going to feel a little, a little salty for the time that, you, you know, that is the norm. And um, so that, that plays a part into it. Um, health, being healthy, um, which also can connect to having money. Uh, if you don't have the money to get the prescription drugs or seek the help that you need uh, if you have any kind of medical problems or an accident happens, but yet you push it off. Um, of course, that's going to uh, wrap you up in stress and despair in a way. Uh, just to kind of go off topic, not really, but tell you this quick story. I was at the library last week and I went inside and I checked out some books. And when I walked to my car, I got into the driver's seat. I put my books in the passenger seat. My window was rolled down and I started up my car and I was about to leave. Um, but right before uh, I fully pulled out of the parking spot, I heard this man yelling, like screaming in agony. So I looked around left and right and noticed that there was uh, an older bigger gentleman who was laying on the concrete by his vehicle, um, rolling around and screaming. So I, I immediately stopped the car. I pull my keys out. I open the door and I, I rush over there and I go, Hey, sir, is everything all right? Are you okay? And his wife and his son were very calm, which was odd to me, but they were just 
like, oh, this happens. He's just having cramps. It happens from time to time. And I said, sir, do you need anything like a water? You want me to call somebody? And he's like, no, no, I'll be all right. I'll be okay. Ah, I started screaming some more. And he was like bright red, almost like he had had too much sun, not enough hydration. And, and I guess it was the source to his crampings. Um, but he was really against the idea of calling for help. And what, uh, you know, from that and other things I picked up on that, you know, maybe this family, this, this individual is in a situation financially because he had mentioned something like, no, I'm not going to spend $500 just to get the ambulance and stuff. Um, you know, I'll put up with the pain, I'll deal with it. And I just, it made me think. I mean, obviously, there's nothing I could do, and they seemed very calm. And even though it felt weird, I walked away. I said, "Okay, sir. Well, you know, take care of yourself. Do whatever you need to do, um, but don't, you know, don't be afraid to seek out help if you do need some." And then I, I went back to my car and I left. So to wrap up that story, you know, when you have money, or if we had a system for healthcare and health. Um, you know, you wouldn't deal with this and, um, that can make you, um, suffer in many physical, mental, and emotional ways if you need help with something, but yet don't have the finances for it or, or, you know, you just feel like, you know, I can just put this off and I'll be okay. Um, you know, so if you have the, the job that provides, you know, all these different things for health. I mean, obviously you're going to walk around and if you even have problems, at least you're getting them taken care of. Um, and, um, that's a lot off of your back, right? So there's, there's so many different things that we deal with in life on a day-to-day, especially here that, um, if you have them taken care of in a way, of course, you're going to be happier. Um, basically, from what I was reading in that article and stuff was that, you know, uh, that if you're unhealthy and poor and all this other stuff, you're going to be miserable, which I mean, is argue, you know, I can argue that. And um, but it definitely I can understand why they say that, because it, it does take off pressure. I've had financial woes uh, over the past handful of years. Uh, they've led me to have a horrible, horrible outlook on money in general, which I am at this moment trying to almost reprogram the way I look at money and finance and, and fix any financial woes that I have. Um, but I can see where that is a thorn in people's sides, uh, where it's not really that they don't want to fix that problem, but the problem always seems to fall back on it being a money as a solution. And, uh, but that's just the way that our country is and has been. And that's why it encourages you to work hard and get a, a good paying job and things like that. So you don't have to worry about those things. And, um, so, I mean, there's core things that obviously if you have them, taken care of, you'll be happier just because of that. Uh, one of the other things that it mentioned was that actually about 40% of people's happiness comes from genetics. It comes from, it's, you know, passed down in a way how you, I guess the way I took it was how you perceive, uh, negative events, how you bounce back, 
Uh, some people might, it might run in their family that when unfortunate events or tragedy happens or something bad happens, it's harder for that individual in their mind to pull themselves out of a depressive, dark place. Um, and then that can also connect to the way they handle pain and treat their suffering. Um, whether it's, you know, alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's, you know, taking it out on the ones that they love, you know, there's a lot of things that unfortunately people lean and look towards when they deal with their problems. And, um, so, you know, it does make sense to me and I never thought about it that, you know, in a way you're getting Delta hand, um, and that hand being passed down through your genetics and your genes from your family and, and, you know, that you're going to have a better advantage when it comes to looking at the world, dealing with things, staying on a positive plane. Um, and so, you know, in a way, if, if it's not in your favor, that means that unfortunately you have to work that much harder to make sure that you don't go into these, um, states of uh these lows even though they will happen you have to work even harder to pull yourself out of that it's not impossible but it's it's harder like when i was um in basic training i was going into the military i was close to like 250 pounds um and i didn't lose too much until i got out of basic and uh but my drill sergeant would look at me and once one day just said, you know, Hey, you're going to have to work not just a hundred percent, but you're going to have to give it a, a 110 just because of, you know, my weight and everything else. And I didn't take it as an insult. I didn't take it as really any kind of criticism or it didn't make me feel bad, but it was just a truth. And I don't know how else that person could have explained it to me, but it was also, that person acknowledging, Hey, I just want to let you know that it's not that it's easier for everybody in a way it is, but that, you know, what you see everybody else doing. And even though it's hard and it requires a lot of effort, you're going to have to do just a little bit more. You're going to have to give it just a little bit more. And, um, but then, you know, the playing field will hopefully even out and sure enough, you know, by the time I got done with basic, you know, I, I, I succeeded in getting done with it. Uh, you know, first of all, then also I had lost, uh, the weight that was, you know, holding me back in the beginning, you know, so some people, I'm not saying the, the weight problem wasn't as much genetics, but it was more of my personal lack of self-discipline and just habits. Um, but what I'm saying is that, you know, no matter what, I know that this word or this phrase gets tossed around a lot that, hey, we're all created equal, um, maybe in the eyes of a higher power. But as far as, you know, our chemical makeup, the, our physical attributes and all, all that, no, I, I mean, we're not. And that's, you know, I'm not LeBron James. I'm not six foot something and, you know, a beast. Now, obviously, I know that that man worked hard and gave up a lot and went to the gym and honed on that. But what I'm saying is some people have, you know, just from birth, they're handed a certain, you know, 
certain situation or cards that, you know, especially when it comes to the um, subject of being happy and that pursuit of happiness, um, it plays a factor either in a good or a bad way. So, you know, genetics, and that was something that that's almost half of your happiness comes from that, at least from what this is saying. And I, I still got to double check and I would love for you guys to um, double check me on that. Uh, the other thing that took up a lot of, if we're looking at happiness as a hundred percent, uh, scale, right? So if you have 40% going towards genetics, then there's about another 40% that went towards like one-off events. So when you graduate from school and you're happy, when you get something new, when, you know, certain events happen that obviously should bring you joy and happiness, they, um, but they come and pass. So they make you really happy when they happen, but we can't, uh, think that those are what we need to strive for in order to sustain happiness. See, that's where it gets tricky, right? Because you buy a new TV, all right, you're happy, you bring it home, you're happy for a while, obviously with anything, new relationships, uh, new material things that you might come into possession, you that newness wears off. And so if that was supposed to be what makes you happy and brings you happiness, then eventually that TV might break. What if somebody accidentally knocks it off the, uh, you know, and it, it cracks the whole screen? Now you don't have that anymore, you know? What if... Um, you got a diploma or a degree of some sort and, you know, something else happens. And therefore, maybe through life's weird randomness that you can't really find a job for that degree or maybe other events happen and therefore you can't even pursue that. But you worked so hard and now, you know, you felt so good when you got it. I'm not saying to, I'm not trying to say, you know, take away from those events. They mean a lot. But I'm saying that we have this kind of confused where we think that those are the things that are going to make us happy consistently. Um, you know, by buying this and getting this and doing this, you will be happy in those moments. And, you know, it is up to you to keep filling your life with different moments that are going to bring you joy and to do the things that you love. Um but to say that that specific event uh, that is fleeting and won't last is what you're going to hinge all of your, your happiness on. So events, these one-off you know, things that happen, you know, we just have to be careful with those. But they do provide a lot of happiness um, in the grand scheme of things, but it's temporary, Okay. Then it was saying that the last like 12% of or so is like your values. And by values, they say faith, family, community, and work. Um, that, you know, having a good relationship with your family, uh, having their support, just having, you know, feeling loved by them. And it, it doesn't always mean blood relation. I mean, there are some people that I know that I consider family that I was not you know, connected through uh, blood and, and, and all that. But, you know, I still consider them family. 
uh, maybe even more so than some people that I'm actually related to. Um, so having a good relationship with uh, them, having good relationships with uh, your friends and your community and the people that you're around, uh, whether that's your coworkers or the, the other people you go to school with or just strangers that you run into at grocery stores or whatever, whatever it may be, just having a good connection and um, relationship with your community. Um, faith, um, which means so many different things, but just having something that you use spiritually uh, in some way or another that, you know, you de- that not really that you depend on, but you believe in something uh, even if that means believing in nothing, at least you're believing in, in something and you, you're, um, you're proud of that and you, you know, you stand up for it. You know, they say, stand up for what you believe in. And I, I think that also goes for if you believe in, I guess, nothing, but, um, you know, having that void filled with something definitely helps. And, and, and especially in trying times, um, you know, times of struggle and times that challenge you, um, some kind of, uh, level of faith and spirituality in, in some way is a, it helps. It does. I've noticed two different contrasts to that where I was not very spiritual at all. Um, and I'm still on this mixing journey of different ideas and ideology and beliefs, but I'm still feeling that, that, that part of me was something. And I, I feel a difference between when something happens to me now uh, and, and when something happened to me when I was really just kind of fed up and dumb with that part of myself. Um, especially for someone like me who's grown up uh, in the Bible Belt. Um, has I've been to many uh, different churches that are, you know, different religions and stuff like that. Um, and then to go from that to like nothing and then, you know, kind of going through this life on your own with that mentality. Like it's just me, everything's random, you know, I'll do what I can do. So, you know, that makes sense. And then, um, work, what you choose to do is very important. And I think it's so important that I think we're almost getting, gypped in a way from our public education system or just our education uh, system in general. Because um, if you're not going to come to this conclude, you know, to this, uh, this idea of like, wow, this is very important at the age of 18 or so when you're about to like finish up school and go off and do your own thing and commit to a career or something. I don't think you, at that age and, and being caught up in everything else that you really realize like the weight of that choice. Um, and I don't think school really teaches the important aspects of that choice, not what job is going to make you the most money, but what job or what career or what aspirations and goals and dreams do you have that are going to bring you the most joy, contentment, uh, make you proud of what you're doing, whatever that may be. Um, but instead it's more of like, Hey, go off and pick. These are the jobs and degrees that are having the, 
the most growth and, you know, you'll be able to make the most money if you pick this over this. Um, and you know, money being such a, um, uh, center focus in our lives, even growing up. And especially, you know, when we're in the job, uh, the job search in the, the working world, right. Um, it's even more of a, uh, you know, the center of our, our solar system. Um, so, you know, that's why I love the, the stuff from Alan Watts where he talks about, you know, if money was no object, you know, what would you do? Because I think sometimes you have to word those things in such a way so you're not thinking about the things that truly aren't going to make you happy. Because, I mean, if you're getting paid a lot, yes, like I mentioned earlier, financial situation uh, if that's in good states, well, you know, obviously make your situation uh, easier. Um, but if you're spending most of your time at work, which we all do, uh, you spend most of your life at work. There's a, there's a period at the beginning where you're young and you can't work and then you're going to school. And then there's a period at the end where you're too old and you're retiring. But the majority of our prime years are taken up by work. So it's important to make sure that we make the right decision for ourselves that we take in consideration all these different things like yes of course i want to know how much i'm going to get paid you know if there's anything out of that that um that it, i need to know obviously i want to know about you know if it's a passion or interest of mine you know there's different things that there's just more to it than just like i want to make the most money um and that's what's going to make me happy um, so, you know, faith, family, community, and work, as far as the values, um, alongside with these one-off events, alongside with just genetics, uh, from that, I, I concluded that, you know, that's what they say um, makes you happy. Um, now, that's what they say makes you happy, okay? What I was men uh, mentioning earlier... <laughs> um, is that there are certain things that in our culture and society that without really blatantly going out and saying it, these are the things that people you can tell are working towards thinking that once they achieve or obtain these certain things, that then they'll be happy and the game is done and they've won. One of those is material things. Um, when it comes to, well, if I have a nice car, a nice house, a nice, you know, nice clothes, nice this, uh, the best of everything, name brand stuff, that's more for your ego. That, that is not going to make you happy. You will be happy when you purchase it, probably uh, happy the first couple of times you use it, but then the newness will wear off. And then you'll be looking for something else. So it'll be this never ending cycle of buy, use, forget, buy, use, forget, you know, over and over and over again. You know, that's why a lot of people say that they like handmade uh, gifts, right? You know, it, it's, it feels better if you cherish it more because it feels like somebody put themselves into that. They took their time. Um, to make this for you. It's not something that was packaged at a store or made off a, a you know, in a factory or something. Um, you know, so there's, there's that. 
and you know just obtaining things things um that you know i hear so many people when you ask them like what are their goals it's just to obtain things um I have a lot of things over my years and I've actually <laughs> kind of had a, I guess you would say a little bit of a problem of letting go certain things. I'm not a hoarder or anything, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that I could probably do without that just kind of clutter my, my life. Um, and I need to look into decluttering that, but, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, spontaneous purchases, things that I've had to discipline and restrict myself from just spending to spend, you know, just because my days became, you know, don't be happy with what you got, be happy with what you're getting. And that's a dangerous, sad road to go down for a long time, uh, or a long period. I mean, um, so there's that, uh, as far as material things, I think that's something that you see that, oh, people have and they show off and we're exposed to so many ads and commercials and there's always some company trying to get us to buy something that we've almost just become so conditioned to it, uh, maybe even in our subconscious that it's working against us in a way. Um, another thing is, you know, like I mentioned just recently, uh, you know, just finding the job that's going to pay you the most. Um, you may be miserable. You may wake up to your alarm clock every day and just be like, oh my gosh. Like there's a thing that Steve Jobs said that if you if you wake up and you go, if what I was about to do today and today was my last day to live, would I really truly enjoy what I'm about to do? Now I understand perfectly. And I can relate that a lot of the times situations out of our control, situations that we've, you know, unfortunately brought ourselves into make, um, things like that harder to achieve, not impossible. There's certain unrealistic things that are, on, are impossible in my mind, but I think that whenever you're dealing with human, human problems, um, that is especially ones that we've created or brought into this world, uh, then we can also bring human solutions and we can bring those solutions into the world because the same mind and rules and everything that created the situation you're in can be the same one that can get you out of it. But there's a quote here. Um, I forgot, I forgot who said it. So I feel bad for that. And I, I don't like reading out a lot of quotes that, um, you know, without giving credit to the person, I don't want anybody to think that I'm coming up with this shit. And a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about, it's not because I'm an expert on happiness or anything. It's just that I've, you know, I've taken a, an extreme interest in it. And now I want to echo those things because I feel like they've helped me and I want them to help you. Cause I know that a lot of people don't have the time, uh, the energy, the resources to look into these things, uh, as much as I, you know, they should. And, um, that's what I like to do with all these deeper topics. And, um, I think it's just happiness is something that we can all relate to, but the quote goes, work can bring happiness by marrying our passions to our skills, empowering us to create value in our lives and in the lives of others. And I love how it says, you know, you marry your passions to our skills and I think like one of the things that Alan Watts harps on is get paid to play. I think that is the dream of most people. 
You know, they, they want to have a job where it's not a soul sucking nine to five job where they dread every day and they just are living for the weekends or living for their days off. Um, and sometimes that's a part of the, the, the come up. That's a part of the, the, the struggle and grind of it all. You know, not everybody gets things handed into, uh, handed to them. And, you know, you're going to have to start somewhere and you're going to have to work your way up. And so th- I understand that's part of it. But I think that, you know, especially now that a lot of jobs are getting taken over by uh, technology, AI, robots, stuff like that. And that's a future that's right around the corner. I think we've already had to deal with like certain professions over the past couple of years that have had to face the their mortality that they're not that's not really needed and humans don't really need to do that. Uh, so I think a lot of people are going to start asking themselves this question, whether by choice or force. You know, well, what do I really want to do? What what do I want to do now that I have the opportunity to restart and? Um, you know, I understand a lot of the these other jobs and professions and careers that might be get, you know, eliminated here in the near future. People honestly love doing those things and they have a passion for them. And that's uh, just to sidebar real quick, you know, what makes you happy and what makes me happy more than likely are completely different things. And that it's not fair to judge that someone likes to do one thing that you and your mind go, why would you even want to spend even a minute doing that? It's not our jobs to really understand completely, but you at least need to go and respect uh, each other and what they choose to do. Um, But, you know, with technology and how fast things are working and how we are, uh, because I really don't believe there's uh, a thing as free time. You know, time is not free. It, it is a currency more important than any dollar bill or any Bitcoin or anything. Um, but we are going to have a lot more time on our hands because certain technology uh, advancements are going to take away certain things that we as humans have been accustomed to doing and that have honestly paid people's bills for so many years. So, you know, you're going to have to start looking into what what I really want to do. What did I really want to do from the get-go? Now, maybe I have an opportunity to do that. Maybe I have time to finish uh, going to school and getting in that degree. So then I can do this. Uh, maybe I have more time to spend with my family and friends. Maybe I have more time to... Uh, get better at this certain hobby, whether it's learning an instrument, whether it's, uh, some kind of art or, you know, maybe you like to, uh, you know, go on vacation and, and, and see different places that you've never thought of. I, I think that, you know, we're, a lot of people say they're busy. I know busy. I understand busy. I think it is a word and an excuse that has lost all meaning now. Um, especially when it comes to communication. But if you want to make time for something, you'll make time for it. And now that it's coming over the horizon, I'm telling you, you're going to have to decide and look deep in yourself. Like, what do I want to spend my life doing? What do I want to spend my time doing? Who do I want to spend my life and time with? Um, and, And so it's better... For me, and this is my mindset, 
I rather come to that conclusion on my own. Uh, I, I handle it better. I'm not as resistant. Some, I guess that's the rebel in me. If somebody were to force me to a- ask those questions, that's a tougher pill to swallow. So it's just, you know, why wouldn't you want to get paid or have a career, you know, work doing something that you have an interest or passion in? Uh, you know, why wouldn't you? Um, it just makes sense to me that if you spend most of your life working, then do something you love or so, as, as close as you can get to that. Maybe it won't be exactly what you want to do, but there's a lot of themes and hints in there that, you know, at least satisfy you and you, you feel like you're doing good work and you're proud of it. And when people go, how's work, you get excited and perked up and you almost, people need to go, Oh, calm down, man. Chill. I just wanted to know how work was. Cause we're so used to just going, Oh yeah, it's good. It's, it's work, you know, mm, whatever. Um, something else, uh, as far as a quote, Franklin D. Roosevelt said this, he said, happiness lies not in the mere possession of money. It lies in the joy or uh, the joy of achievement in the thrill of creative effort. So like I pointed out earlier in this episode, I wanted to make that clear, um, that money is not really the root of all evil. I mean, sure, there's that's a whole nother episode and topic, but you know, money uh, is not, um, and having money is not what's going to bring you happiness. But if you have money, you know, then you'll be less stressed out. You won't have to worry about certain things. But really, it's you know the joy of achievement, feeling that you've achieved something. You know, um, our watch the video, uh, the guy talking about millennials in the workspace and how millennials want to make an impact. And some people kind of like chuckle and laugh. And even him, he was like, I don't really know what that means. I'm, but to me it, it reflects, cause why wouldn't you want to make an impact? Why, if you truly, no matter what you believe in, no matter if you believe you're going to heaven or hell, being reincarnated, uh, whatever it is, no matter what, this life that you're living right now, as you hear my words, is the only one of this kind that you'll have. That if anybody can agree to anything, that if there's any kind of afterlife or anything after this, um, it will be different. And so, you know, a lot of people <laughs> joke about YOLO and you only live once, but, you know, I think that's why that resonated so much with people is because... It was like, yeah, man, you're actually right. You know, you only have this one life to live. And as fast paced as everything is and just by different circumstances, it's it's really easy, I mean, to um, lose sight of that. And so it's good to surround yourself with people who will remind you and, and, and have things in place that will remind you on those days that you forget that, you know, you may love or hate the life that you're living and um but there's only one supposedly um nobody's you know left and came back and said dude let me tell you (laughs) you ain't even ready um and the reason why i wanted to talk about happiness in this episode are you know many different things some personal 
um, that I won't go into, but, you know, with people I know and, you know, their pursuit of happiness, which some people like to argue that, is that why they say pursuit of happiness? It's this uh, chase, this this thing that we really don't obtain, that we don't have the right to happiness, but we have the right to at least take it upon ourselves to work towards it. So, I mean, that's something to think about. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people looking for answers to different things because I think a lot of people who are self-aware and conscious to, you know, things that are going on in society or in our culture, um, in their own personal lives and the lives of those that they love, you know, there's this searching for different things. Uh, books on happiness have increased dramatically over the past couple of years. Um, walk into a bookstore and you'll see these different things like books on Zen and mindfulness and all these health books because now people are on this health craze of, you know, taking care of their bodies and taking care of their mind and their spirit, everything. Uh, and I think this is my personal thing is that when you are the happiest, I guess, quote unquote, is when these things are in line where they're getting the attention they all deserve. Not one is outweighing the other. Um, so everything is in this, this, uh, serene balance. Um, and that's your mind. Uh, that's your heart. And then that's your spirit of some sort. I feel like those are the three main things that you should concern yourself with. And those are much deeper um, and they get broken down. But to be very vague and not go into deep on this episode, um, you know, those are those are things that we need to focus on. Because whenever there's a void or you have something that um, is missing, then you feel it. There's like a disruption. There's like this unsettling feeling. And when you're putting too much focus on one of those and not enough in any of the other ones, you also feel it. Because there is, I believe in the, there's too much of a good thing. You know, you can have a few drinks, but when you're an alcoholic, that's when it's a problem. You know, when you go gambling every now and then or whatever, as long as it's not interfering with, you know, bills or finances, just have a good time. Uh, that's okay. What what becomes the problem is when people overindulge in things, when they do too much. Um, you know, I've had a lot of free time for myself over the past couple of years, um, for better or for worse. <laughs> but I've noticed that some things that people look forward to and and enjoy. I was overindulging and then they had lost its meaning and almost uh, I didn't enjoy those things anymore because I've just had my, my fill of them. You know, food's good when you're hungry, but you need to know when you're, you're, you're full and not keep eating. Cause when you do, that's how you get sick, right? That's how you gain weight. That's how all those things happen. But food in itself is not a bad thing, but almost too much of it is right. Um, there was another quote that uh, I don't know if it's really a quote, I guess more of a saying, and I don't even know. Uh, it didn't really have anybody's name underneath it, but it really caught my attention last night. Uh, it said, happiness is as a butterfly, which when pursued is always beyond our grasp, but which, it, which if you will sit down quietly may alight upon you. You know, when you're trying to 
um, go after something or when you really want something, sometimes it feels like it goes missing <laughs> or it's, it just kind of is running away from you. But then when you kind of go, okay, fine, fine. I'm just not even going to, I'm not even going to worry about it. And then those things start popping up in your life. That's okay. From personal experience, that's, that's my opinion on different things. That's why I think that relates and resonates for me because certain things like whenever I wanted a relationship, uh, to find someone and fall in love and stuff, whenever I was so focused and concerned on it, uh, it felt like, like, um, the universe and everything else answered with the opposite. It was like, no, now, you know, that's not happening right now. And then I would go, okay, whatever. I don't even care. Then opportunities arose. Now, I don't know if that's for anybody. If, if anybody can relate to that, tell me, and I'm not saying that's everything, but I guess that's what, I, you know, people think of happiness is when you're really focused on it and, um, doing everything you can to be happy, sometimes in a way that can make you unhappy and that it requires that you just be in the now, just do what you need to do, know what you should do and what you shouldn't. Then while that has calmed down, you will just become happier, which is weird, right? There's uh, this motto of when you give up something, you gain something back. If not, you get you gain something much more. You know, you close one door and two doors open. Um, and that's really hard in life. And 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 if in your personal experience and and in your life, I'm sure there's some things that you can connect to that. But when it comes to like letting go of certain things, then that's that's really hard, and it's not easy. But um, there's just something about that saying of this happiness being a butterfly that when you try to chase it and grab it, it just avoids you. And then when you just say, you know what, I'm going to sit down quietly, calmly, you know, you just breathe in, you breathe out, then the butterfly lands on you. And you're just like, jeez, I'm crow. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think of what else I got. I got a couple more things, but... um. Really, it just comes down to also having gratitude. You know, I've tried this new thing over the past week or so that I have uh, wrote on my board. Um, so every time I walk into the room, uh, I see it and it's like five things that I'm thankful for. So I'm trying to practice this to myself in my head. I see that. And if I haven't done it already, I go ahead and think of five things and I try to make them different um, every day. Just being grateful for no matter how shitty your situation may seem, uh, regardless, um, you know, when you're in a dark, sad place, it is, um, it's sometimes hard to see the light and it's good to know that there are ways out of that, but also to equip yourself with the things that you already have the ability to do as far as the, the weapons to combat sadness. Sadness and, and all these negative things that people you know bring up, they're not necessarily terrible bad things in a way, right? People, like I said earlier, want to avoid suffering. But you know, as one of the noble truths of like Buddhism, 
basically the first one I think is that life is suffering. That just because we want to hold on to so many things that are finite and that will leave us. And therefore we're in a constant cycle of suffering. Um, but when we do suffer and when bad negative things happen, I guess that's how you compare and contrast what it, what it feels like to be happy because you don't know what black is unless you know what white is. You don't know what day is like unless you know what night is like. You need the opposite to know what that is. You don't know who you are unless you have other people to compare to, right? Um, so that's that's just part of it. I don't think that there's a, a way to really go through this life com- completely clean and without going through some pain and suffering. And yet I feel like people confuse that when pain and suffering happen or, you know, that you're not happy and you can't have happiness. But I feel like it's just this roller coaster, unfortunately, in a way um, that we have control over a, a lot of it, more than we give ourselves credit for. And that, you know, we won't be able to stay happy forever, all the time, every day, joy, joy. But we we have the ability to be in a mindset and have certain views that can help us you know at least you know appreciate the things that we have without always worrying about the things that we don't have or the things that we've lost um to lo- to lose something is to remember what it feels like to have something right um they say you don't know what you got until it's gone, and that's very true. But now you know what you had. And I think it's really hard that in the moment um, to embrace that and, and, and come to that conclusion. Um, so, I mean, that's why I'm trying stuff like that, being thankful, just five things, anything could be silly. But if I'm thankful for it, I, I try to, you know almost pay my respects in my own mind. Um, you know, there's another thing before I go into these last two, um, people and their thoughts on happiness, but you know, a lot of people I know, and I have, uh, I have been guilty of is measuring my days, uh, by the degree of productivity, like how productive I was, what did I get done? But instead of just being alive and in the now, with my presence, you know, uh, that some people at the end of their day, they go, Oh, well today I didn't get anything done. So it just was a waste, right? No, no. You woke up, right? I mean, you ate, you, hopefully you had the basic, uh, accommodations of life and, uh, yeah, it could always be worse. And I know that can, you know, that can get old hearing. I know that I say that to myself and hear it a good bit, especially when I'm going through any kind of, um, you know, bad situation or something, I always go, you know, it could always be worse. Um, but you know, your days, the purpose of this thing, life is to try to find happiness in some way. I, I think so. I think that's the motivator to the choices that we make. Um, it's not a matter of how much you get done, you know, it's a matter of enjoying life in the now. And that's going to like, um, 
allow me to segue into a couple different things uh, to wrap up this episode. Um, Alan Watts is someone that I've, you know, just been completely uh, influenced and impacted by his words and stuff. And I've had that episode out there. If you haven't listened to it, I, I highly suggest you do. I will be making a part two here probably sooner than later. Um, with that being said, though, he speaks on, uh, you know, happiness and different, you know, mentalities or, or ways to look at it. And he has this quote here. That kind of goes to what I was just saying. He says, if to enjoy even an enjoyable present, we must have the assurance of a happy future. We are, quote, crying for the moon. We have no such assurance. The best predictions are still matters of probability rather than certainty. And to the best of our knowledge, every one of us is going to suffer and die. If, then... We cannot live happily without the assured future. We are certainly not adapted to living in a finite, or a finite world where despite the best plans, accidents will happen and where death comes at the end. You know, this tendency of us to constantly be living in the future, you know, living towards something that's not happening now that's going to happen, always having things to look forward to, which is great and all, but to to not to ignore what's going on now until that event happens is not good. Um, I think that in a way is a, a because of the conditioning of our education system, uh, how you're brought up to just go, okay, I'm in first grade, but now I know I need to go to the second grade and I'm 16. I got my driver's license, but now when I'm 18, I'll be able to vote. And then 21, I'll be able to drink. There's always something coming up. And so you can never truly enjoy what you have already and what's going on now. Now, I understand if you feel like, you know, you don't have the things that, you know, that you feel like you have the potential for and that could make you happy and therefore working towards something and planning in the future as one of our abilities as humans is very important and, and separates us from most of the animal kingdom. But you know, it's just dangerous for your mental health and for your quote unquote happiness um, to just live in that future and, and to live in the past. The, the past does help shape us, but it doesn't define us. Uh, what defines us is how we react and move forward from the, the events that have already taken place. Because um, remember that the past and the future are just ideas and thoughts in your mind and that other than different things like obviously videos and pictures from your past and stuff like that, that those are just snapshots of a moment um, and, you know, memories and stuff like that. But, you know, as far as like, if you're like, I'm going to be happy once I achieve this and won't you be in a way miserable up until then, then? Because you don't have that and you're putting all your chips on that. So it's just something that, you know, he speaks a lot about being in the present, being in the now. That because we worry so much about our past and the future, that that does us more harm than good most of the time. And that it, it would do us all a great service to discipline our minds in being in the now. Another guy... <laughs> or uh, thinker, Carl Jung, 
Um, he had, um, I think it was five elements of life and, and happiness, according to Carl Jung. Um, he was a Swiss psychiatrist, um, but he had five elements that he feels like are important for us to be happy. One of them, the first one, is good mental health. He has a quote and says, I'm not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Um, you know, so that just having good mental, taking care of yourself, your mental health, uh, that, that should be a priority in all of our lives um, to make sure that we're good um, in that category. He says, number two, better relationships. Quote, for two personalities to meet is like mixing two chemical substances. If there is any combination at all, both are transformed. You know, that goes back to that sense of community, that sense of uh, family. You know, make sure that your relationships are where they should be. Um, give people time. And that's the most precious thing. When people give you their time, be... Uh, respectful and honored by that because they're taking time that they won't ever get back and they're giving it to you. They're not saying, it's not like, Hey, we're hanging out, bro. I'm giving you my time. Here's the receipt, you know, you know, pay me later. But, um, you know, we need to focus on our relationships. If we have relationships that are, um, broken, you know, or we have grudges or anger or any of those things that have, you know, ruined relationships with people that we used to care and love about. And we probably still do to some degree, you know, give that some thought and learn to forgive yourself and forgive others. Um, you can't expect to have anything happen to you if you won't do it yourself. So it's hard to expect forgiveness if you're not willing to forgive other people, right? So, you know, better your relationships, the it, strangers alike, just be a good person to anybody you come, come around. Uh, he says, number three, uh, appreciate beauty around you. Quote, your visions will become clear only when you can look into your own heart. Who looks outside dreams, who looks inside awakes. Whoa, so deep. Um, you know, appreciate beauty around you. That's just like I was saying, being thankful, appreciating the littlest of things. The small things are what matter. The big things, they don't happen so often. And the small things, they add up. So keep that in mind. You know, when you're walking outdoors, when you're driving to work, whenever, whatever it is, just try to rewire your brain and into a state of like appreciating things more. Um you're, you're driving to work. Yes. Maybe you're not wanting to go to work that day, but Hey, maybe you're listening to music that you enjoy. Maybe you have a, a nice vehicle that gets you from point A to point B and you know, beats walking, right? Um, maybe you had a good breakfast. Maybe, you know, your favorite show is on to, you know, that night and, or maybe, you know, you're caught up on work. There's so many different things. Like I love going on walks now and, you know, to me, it beats a treadmill. It beats anything that you can do at a gym, even though I, I need to return to the gym uh, soon because, you know. Um, but when I'm outside, I can appreciate nature and the smells and the sights and the sounds, even though I listen to music. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I'll pull my earbud out just to hear the different things and just taking an appreciation of that, you know, this 
this whole thing, uh, what we consider a reality, um, you know, how, how blessed we are to, to be humans in this grand scheme of things. Um, and that we have the abilities to think and, uh, feel and, you know, just appreciate those, appreciate the people around you and the beauty that you see in them. And the reasons why remind yourself, ask yourself why you fell in love with that person. What are the things you love about them? What are the things that people love about you, you know, and give yourself more credit than you usually do. Um, so appreciate beauty around you. That's number three. Uh, number four, um, good living and work standards quote, as far as we can discern, the sole purpose of human exis- existence is to kindle a light of meaning in the darkness of mere being. So basically, if anybody wants to argue that they have a destiny, that they have a purpose on earth, a lot of thinkers and philosophers and uh, other people would, would say that it is your responsibility to make your own purpose. Um, that other than that, we're just we're just here and that we're just alive. But it's each individual person's responsibility to construct their purpose while they live and walk this earth. So living good, treating other, others good, treating your body good, uh, and, and then also doing work that you're proud of, work that you're passionate about, um, those things all collectively add up to good living and work standards. So, um, and then number five, believe in something quote, I find that all my thoughts circle around God, like the planets around the sun and are irresistibly attracted to him. I would feel it to be the grossest th- uh, sin if I were to oppose this resistance to this force. Uh, our own mortality that we are afraid of. Um, that's what I'm saying, I guess. What I've personally experienced recently in the past couple of years is that, you know, when I was on this path of, you know, I'm going to do this on my own. I don't really know what to believe because, you know, not one can be right if there's so many throughout history and even today in our world that claim to know why we're here, where we're going, and what we're supposed to do, right? I think it's a collective of all these ideas um, in different ways, different nuggets from each. Um, but the more I started looking into different different ideas, especially when it concerned um, spirituality, I don't know, just the effect. I just felt better. And I know that's very vague and hard to explain, but I guess it's just you know, even focusing on that somehow, some way, uh, calmed me and reassured me, uh, in other ways that science and logic and, 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 you know, relationships and love can't fill that, that void when you remove that out. Um, so believing in something, whatever that is, you know, everybody needs to believe in something. And this goes without saying, but you need to believe in something, but you don't need to condemn and reject those who do, who believe something different than you. We are all individuals. Yes, there is a collective 
idea of certain things that we all can come to an agreement on. But when it comes to different beliefs, especially here in America, where this country is supposed to be a place of freedom of religion, uh, freedom of, you know, it, we're made up of uh, so many different diverse beliefs and uh, religions and race and, you know, everything that, you know, me and my next door neighbor don't believe in the same thing. I probably don't even have to ask them. Eh, maybe I should. I'm probably assuming too much. But I'm just saying, especially in today's world with with social media and the internet, we, we it's more apparent now than ever that there's more people that have different views than people that are on the same page. Um, at least they have their own twist on things, right? So um, don't don't criticize. Obviously, if it's something they believe in that's hurting others, that's a whole different topic. Uh, you go about that a different way. But even as far as, um, you know, oh, I'm a Christian and you're a this, but you don't believe in what I believe in, then you're going to hell. And therefore, you're, you know, I, I can't associate myself with you. No, you learn and grow by exposing yourself and challenging your beliefs and your ideas and, and talking to people. I'm not saying you actually have to, or you absolutely have to reach out to others, but if you meet someone at a bar, you guys are having drinks and stuff and everything is cool, then it comes up that, oh, they believe this and you believe this. You know that if you're vibing with this person and you think that they're a good person, why would you stop and go, oh, sorry, I can't, I can't associate myself. I got to go. If anything, even if you don't have to, you don't have to be that person's friend for life. <laughs> I'm just saying, ask them, why do you believe that? No, I'm not judging you. I just want to know and, you know, educate me. So I now know and have at least maybe some compassion for why you believe what you believe. And there I can understand and then I can, you know, hopefully they'll give you the respect to allow you to tell them what you believe in. Um, all, you know, no matter what, all these things that these people, you know, I've talked about when it comes to happiness, there's a lot of truth in there. And um, it's, it's just, it's a tricky subject because I feel like a reason for a lot of the problems, especially with happiness is these days, is that there's just like, this is the general social norm of what should make you happy. Look no other way and, and look for no other, you know, uh, solutions to that. And um, I think it's best to explore different possibilities and different ideas. And you might find some truths in there that help you um, on this pursuit of happiness. And, um, I think that's really all I have to say about that, at least in today's episode. Um, cause I do re do have to record again tonight. So I'm trying to save my voice, <laughs> but I hope y'all enjoyed. I hope you guys got something. And if you, um, have anything on the topic that you want to share with me, I really, really look forward to having uh, more than just this conversation that I'm having now um, and connecting with you in other ways and talking about, you know, what makes you happy. And, and you know, if anything that I said in this episode, you know, hits, uh, you know, tell me what and, 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 you know, let's go deeper in that. But anyways, 
I'm going to go ahead and finish up this episode. I'm going to go ahead and tell you how to contact and connect with Wondersoul so we can continue this conversation and so we can talk more about this subject because it's very interesting. I think it's something that we all are connected to and relate to and uh, everybody wants to be happy, right? So wouldn't it do us uh, us a a great service to... um, explore ideas and and teach each other different things that have helped and it may not work for me what works for you but hey you know who knows and vice versa but anyways you can always find these episodes on itunes on youtube podbean google Podcasts, google play music anchor and now spotify um i used to have the wave podcast on spotify now the wonder soul is um so please uh, share these episodes uh, with people that you know, uh, or even if it's a specific topic like today on happiness that you feel like maybe something in what I just talked about, you know, that person would do, uh, it would do good to have them here. Um, and maybe, you know, it would help them if they're going through anything. Um, so yeah, so just iTunes, YouTube, popping, you guys know. Um, you can connect uh, with me on Instagram at the Wondersoul and also on Twitter at Wondersoul. I'm not gonna do a Facebook. I I know that might hurt me, but I'm just not comfortable with it right now. And I just have been away from Facebook personally for a while. That I am just kind of standing standing my ground on that. Uh, tell me what you all think about that. Um, you can also send emails, which I'm looking forward to the first email uh, for Wonder Soul uh, to give me topic ideas, to give me um, criticism or um, you know compliments, whatever it may be. Just shoot me an email. I know that's almost like an <laughs> old world thing nowadays, um, but yeah, it's at one. It's wondersoul at gmail.com. That's W N D R Soul at gmail.com. And last but not least. I have spent this weekend getting the Twitch channel set up. Uh, I think it's at a good enough place right now where it's presentable. Um, I still have much to learn, and it's a, a new um, new thing for me. So, you know, if you have any ideas or suggestions on that, please let me know. Uh, but you can check that out at www.twitch.tv slash wondersoul. And uh, what I'll be doing with those is like probably after uh, I'm done recording this episode, I'll go live on Twitch just to go through the editing process. Um, We'll have some Q&As. We'll do watch parties and maybe even some live recordings just to have, um, you know, the the chat going on in the side. So just, you know, swing in if you see, follow so you can stay up to date on when I'm streaming. Um, I'm planning on as I speak to you now, that my recordings for the podcast episodes will be done during the weekdays, Monday through Friday, unless, you know, I'm having somebody on and they can only record on the weekends, then that will be, uh, you know, that's its own situation. But I will use the weekends to take a break and then also still stream, uh, stream live on Twitch and even YouTube. Um, So if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube page, please do so. It's uh, Wondersoul. Um, but yeah, that should be about it. Uh, that should be the only ways that or the only ways as of now to connect with the podcast. And I hope you guys like these, uh, topics. Um, I'm doing my best, uh, to keep a good balance, um, of serious 
thought-provoking topics as well as lighthearted, fun, just personal fun interests of mine and um, and yours. I want to learn different things and speak on topics that I just uh, discovered or you helped me discover. So, you know, tell me what you think of the catalog. Tell me which ones you like better, you know, and uh, that will help me plan out future episodes uh, as we get to them. But other than that, I hope everybody had a good weekend or whenever you're listening to this, I hope everything is going well. And um, yeah, I'm Bearded Buddha and this was episode 11 of Wonder Soul uh, titled Happiness. And I will talk to you guys again soon. Take care.